podcast. This is Court, and there's no Ashley today. It's just me. It's my first solo episode. We are still coming at you live from Boston, but actually coming at you live from my humble abode this morning. I don't think we've ever recorded here, at least within the past couple of seasons. So welcome, ladies, and probably just ladies. Get comfy because this episode is about to be quite a roller coaster. We've got some surprises and I'm super excited to get into the topic. But before we get there, I'm going to give a little catch up because January has been crazy. I'm recording this right now, January 29th. So February 1st is right around the corner. A lot of stuff has gone down this month. So quick recap. Dry January is almost over and I have a review for you. I don't really care for dry January. It's January 29th and I've made it this far. However, I don't even care to finish it. (laughs) And you might be thinking, but Court, like there's only three more days left. Like you can do this. You've done it for 29 days already. Although you're right. I'm kind of just sick and tired of being told what to do. <laughs> and let me let me give you some context. I feel like dry January makes sense for a lot of people. I think for those that heavily indulge during the holidays or maybe just drinking is a huge part of their life and they need some sort of detox. Lovely. I think it's perfect for someone like that. I, on the other hand, don't really need alcohol slash I don't drink very often, like maybe one time a week. So although it's been fun to explore like non-alcoholic beverages, like Wink was our sponsor last month, and I still literally drink Wink almost every single day. I've been introduced to other brands like Desoy. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Kin. I'm into the adaptogen drinks at the moment. However, I just... I don't think I needed to go stone cold. I had some celebrations this month. I couldn't have a glass of wine. I had a birthday party that was so wholesome yesterday for my boyfriend's sister's 30th birthday party. It was Pilates and bubbles, bar and bubbles. Couldn't have like a sip of champagne afterwards. And this is a self-imposed problem. Like I very much did this to myself. And for that reason, I think I'm very much going to undo it for myself. And I might even have a drink on January 31st. So I'm happy I did it, I guess. But I'm not really inclined to do it again. But it's almost over. So we made it through. Also this month, your girl learned how to ski. And that is huge. I've never skied before the first week of January. I've skied three times at this point. And it's all been in preparation for our trip to the Alps at the end of February. And I have to say, although people think I'm crazy for booking that trip before learning how to ski, I genuinely don't think I would have learned to ski otherwise. It's similar to Ashley. She booked her half marathon and now she's been training ever since, right? And it's giving her a deadline and it's making her be really consistent and strategic about the training. Well, that's exactly what I did with the Alps. I had maybe 10 weeks until then, and I started learning. And I swear to God, I am kind of a pro. 
If you saw Ashley's vlog, you probably don't feel that way, but let me give you some context. On the first week of January, Matt and I had a little ski weekend with his family, and I had my first ski lesson with his niece, Liliana, that is two years old. So 25-year-old core, two-year-old Liliana learned same day, (laughs) and that honestly was like, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. I felt really confident that day. I actually had a blast, which is unlike a lot of people's experiences. And then I decided to go on a friend trip. So Ashley hosted a ski weekend at her cabin in New Hampshire. And we went to Mount Sunapee. Zero out of 10 recommend. It was the conditions were not in our favor that day. I'll give it that. It was also a holiday weekend, so I will also give it that too. But it was far too crowded. It was really icy. A lot of the mountain was like closed off, probably because of the conditions or like lack thereof. But going from the mountain that I learned on to that situation was not good for my mental health. (laughs) It literally shot my confidence down. I also went skiing with all of my friends that have been skiing their entire lives, like literally Ashley, pro skier, Joe, pro skier, Matt, I'm not going to rattle everybody off, but everyone's been skiing literally since they were children. So being with all of them, I did decide to like hang back and not try to hang with the cool kids, the experienced skiers at the beginning of the day. And then I decided, you know what, after lunch, I'm going to hit a slope, if you will, with all of them. So they took me up on the chairlift for the first time. And boy, is a mountain much scarier from that angle. I get up to the top. I'm told that I'm going to be going down a green hill. About halfway down, I looked at Matt and was like, there's no way this is a green because I have done greens before. And he's like, no, babe, like you're totally fine. Everything's good. Meanwhile, I'm struggling to get down on the mountain. I don't think I shed a tear and I was able to get down just fine, but I was scared shitless the entire time. There were so many people. People were like zooming in front of me, zooming behind me. I'm like, I'm going to zoom off of the side of the mountain and not interested. So made it down. Then he decided to tell me that, whoops, they took me down a blue. All of them knew except for me, but they didn't do that intentionally. It was just, you know, not the best situation to find myself in. Anyway, not the point of the story. Shot my confidence down second time. Then Matt and I woke up Saturday morning and realized, holy crap, there's three more weekends left till we're about to be in France. So we decided to wake up early do a half day, I got another ski lesson, except it was a group lesson and there was only one other person. So it was me and this other girl. She was similar in age, similar in skill set, and it was just a vibe and a half. It genuinely felt like we were friends and we were in like a private lesson, just one-on-one because of how much care and experience this instructor had. So after Saturday... I can now confidently say that I am a ski girly, a snow bunny, uh, whatever you want to call it. I think I'm ready for the Alps. <laughs> and I know that probably sounds crazy, but I'll have to show you guys a video. I am shook and so is everyone else. They're like, there's no way that's your third time skiing. And I'm like, yeah, seriously, 
I guess I'm just that athletic or I just have no choice because I literally spent so much money on a trip to specifically go skiing. So there's no option than to be good at this sport. So that's skiing. Now that the recap's over, let's get into probably the reason you clicked into this episode. Drum roll. Except Ashley's not here to do it. <laughs> I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but I quit my job. I know. How insane is that? And also I'm saying I, <laughs> I quit my job because it sounds funny, I guess. But I resigned from the job that I've been at for over close to five years, which is actually insane. It's the closing of a chapter. It's the closing of an era. A lot of you were probably thinking to yourselves, court, what? Like you love your job. I, if anyone's been an OG, you probably remember for the first season and partially season two, like that was my catch up every episode. It was, where was Courtney off to last week? And why are you recording on Sunday at 6 a.m. before Courtney has to leave for a flight. I shared a lot about my job because it was my identity for so, so long for good reason. And that chapter is done. Guys, I've had so many technological errors without my producer here, Ashley. Thank God I have a software engineer as a best friend and podcast host because this rainbow marketing girly would not be here today without her. So big shout out to Ash. (laughs) But I just had it not record when I just talked. All to say, please think of the 10 hours later Spongebob little meme and And just know that 10 hours really truly has almost passed since I sat down in this chair again and turned this microphone on. Where were we? We were chatting about, oh my goodness, if you had such an amazing time at your company, why in the world would you leave it? I really do feel like most of the world lives in comfort and that is an okay thing. It truly is. I do think people need to feel comfortable. I would like to be comfortable, but I also want to be constantly elevating my life. If I stayed at my company for five more years, I probably would have had a really nice life. I still would have been having very cool opportunities. For those that are new here, I built an ambassador program at my company where We gifted free products and services to small business owner customers in exchange for content and relationships and hosting events. So I was always here, there, and everywhere and at Celtics games hosting clients. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because like it was such a personal reason for me leaving and people are in complete shock. Like anyone that I've told this far jaw has dropped to the floor. Let's move into some signs that maybe I was ready for something new or I was open to entertaining a new opportunity. So around maybe nine-ish months ago, it wasn't a year, maybe around nine months ago, I really saw corporate America as a big business. It was not just my company. It was everywhere. Layoffs of 
10% of an organization, people's whole entire lives changed overnight. And it just really shook me to my core. I was like, I'm so grateful to be here. However, if I were let go tomorrow, genuinely, what would I care to be doing? That's when I started to think. I learned what I loved at this job. I learned what I don't quite know yet, but what I would love to experience or learn at some point in my life. I've met amazing people. I've experienced a lot. Now I feel like I've been here for five years. I know everybody. I know what my next five years could look like if I stayed here. I feel like I kind of have a general idea. It got me thinking. That really instilled like, whoa, there's other things out there. Just quick little reminder, there's other things. And then I started getting a little curious and I was never actively seeking because like I said, I I had a pretty good gig. I also like reignited my love for my job too because I ended up getting on a new team. I ended up getting somebody to manage underneath me. I was tapping into my people management skills. Like everything was good. But you know when there's just something so deep rooted that you can't even explain And it's something you can't shake. It's just an itch. I know I'm not going to be doing this forever. So like, what can I do now to just start learning about the possibilities? Because I had no freaking idea what a next step would look like. And that's a really scary thought. And that's why people stay in relationships, in freaking jobs, in the same home for 40 years of their lives, for stay in one place. And sweet thing, mm mm-mm. No way. That could not be your girl. So at this point, I wasn't itching to leave tomorrow. I still loved what I was doing. But how is it that I could explore? Like, genuinely, I didn't know what to do. I was looking up freaking podcasts. Is this a true indicator that it's time for me to move on and find something new? How do you find something new? Just the thought of interviewing or looking elsewhere seems so daunting. The fact of, in relating this to a relationship, if I were single tomorrow, the thought of starting fresh is literally sickening. So what did I do? I turned to my favorite podcasters and I was like, how in the world do I figure out what a next step is? And luckily for me, that involved journaling, one of my favorite things. It was funny too, because when I read like, oh, it was a podcast very particular to career. I read that you break out a journal and you do this little exercise that I'll explain in a minute. But I literally did this (laughs) right before or right after my relationship before Matt. So this is the exercise. You break out your handy dandy notepad, journal, diary, whatever suits you. And you write down the things you love about your current situation, the things that you don't love about your current situation, your strengths, and things that you need to work on. In doing this exercise, putting pen to paper, you're crystallizing your non-negotiables for the next thing that you involve yourself with. I literally did this after my last relationship before Matt. I probably still have this paper somewhere in a journal or diary that I have, which is kind of hysterical. I wrote man hyphen infestations and I wrote down 
all the attributes of a relationship I want to have in my future. I wrote down the couples that I know personally that I would love to have a relationship similar to. I wrote down all the ways that I wanted to feel. And all that did was set a bar for me to then go out and allow that person to come to me. And I know you're going to be like, what do you mean allow that person to come to you? When you get crystal clear about your non-negotiables, you don't entertain things that don't fit those. So it makes it really easy when the right opportunity, right person, right environment falls into your lap because you've been thinking about and like reminating, marinating, whatever the hell the word is, on what those attributes are. So taking it back to the steps that I did to figure out what this new opportunity should look like for me. I did just that. I wrote down all the things I loved about my job, hated about my job, strengths of mine, weaknesses. And that's what I like to call, ladies and gentlemen, reflection. So that's step one in figuring out what's next for you. Step two is research. So in dating, this is obviously going on dates In apartment seeking, it's going on Zillow. In my case, in job seeking, it's now that I've identified these four or five non-negotiables, I'm looking on LinkedIn and I'm looking at roles and I'm seeing what job descriptions match these roles. What are brands having out there? I already said I wasn't actively seeking, but I was getting my brain wired to be able to identify the perfect opportunity for my future self. And then fourth step is take action. Being spontaneous and saying yes to that random person that slides into your Instagram DM asking you to go on a date. (laughs) This is networking. This is putting yourself in the places where your future self or a person you aspire to meet is going to be. So for example, I am a member of Soho House, which is a social club. If you're unfamiliar, they have a phys- they have physical houses in most major cities around the world. They don't have one in Boston, but I'm a part of their cities without houses. There's a bunch of event programming, networking opportunities, and ways and places to meet creatives. I've also been really blessed with people that I've casually met through other friends or through industry people. And that action is nurturing those relationships, making sure that people know that you are interested in certain type of opportunities. I always like to tell this story because this is just, it's not an anomaly because it happens all the time. But I think when people hear it, they're like, no way that'll work out for you. So this is the story. One of my good friends from college, she works in the fashion industry in New York City. She was having a really hard time finding a job post-college that she wanted, at least. So she decided to start messaging CMOs and people high up at brands that she was fans of. So she ended up getting a call on the calendar, literally reaching out, being like, hey, would love to pick your brain. I'm new to the industry. I just graduated college. You won't believe how music to people's ears, certain people's ears that that is. So the CMO of Michael Kors hopped on a call with one of my good friends 
and they stayed connected. My friend shared all of her skills. And now who do you think is going to be the person that pops into the CMO's head when a right opportunity arises? So what do you know? I think you know where the story's going. Three-ish months later, my friend gets an email saying, hey, this opportunity is about to get posted on our job site. I think you'd be the perfect fit. Got the job, stills working there today. That's a larger example. Like clearly that takes, for lack of a better term, balls <laughs> to do. And that's not the most comfortable situation to be in. But once again, we're talking about elevating our life and trying to not be as comfortable. So I honestly love that example. Those are the three steps to recap where reflecting, we are researching, and then we're taking action. And now do you guys want me to tell you how that related to my new opportunity? (laughs) Here I am. You guys are like, oh my God, Courtney, you're talking about how to get a new job. And like, um, why are you channeling like an inner guidance counselor right now? I just want to know the tea about (laughs) where you're working next. Well, I'm going to tell you. So thanks for being with me. Clearly, this has been a lot. It's been a very long, even longer of a recording experience for me than you, you listening back to it. So here I am over the holidays, just having a jolly old time with my family in Florida. And I get a text from one of my friends and industry people that I met through Soho House. And just she's a friend and mentor to me. This woman is just like me in five or six years. That's like, I think our age gap, magical, successful in her career. She worked at companies like Yahoo and Tumblr. And we have like a very similar career path. She's just ahead of me. I think that's the best way to put it. We have had a lot of paths cross that we didn't realize until we met each other. She has business partners that I've worked with through working at Vistaprint and doing brand partnerships with these people, these like celebrity entrepreneurs and she texts me because we're friends at this point and she's my mentor I don't know how many times I've said that back to the story she texts me over the holidays in a group chat with one of our other friends from Soho and is like ladies want to do a vision boarding night first week of January and immediately I'm like well duh like what else am I going to be doing I'm going to be doing that alone so as might as well do it with some fabulous women on a Wednesday night so we host she hosts this like informal but like really ridiculously put together for an informal event a girl's night she orders canvases we have like a tablescape so unnecessary but so girly and fun we create vision boards In this vision board night, she shares what's on her vision board, which is, I have some news. I just became the CEO of X company, and I'm looking to do X, Y, and Z this year. Actually, wait, before I get to the story, or I guess I'll just interject, I want to share the four non-negotiables that I figured out during my reflection piece that snowballed into where I am today. So my non-negotiables were I either wanted to work at a corporate company that still empowered small business owners, or I wanted to work at a small business or a startup vibe where I was working super closely with the entrepreneur. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. 
clearly with this You Can Do Bold podcast, but just like my entire life, my parents were small business owners. And so I've just always envisioned myself there one day. But personally, I've never found this like grandiose idea of what I want to do in my life. And that's fine. I'm literally 25. So if I can shadow an entrepreneur and build something and feel like I'm really a part of something, then that is what I need. So that's criteria number one. Criteria number two is I still want to work remotely. I just value the flexibility. And in my industry, there's a lot of opportunity to travel. So it's a perfect balance. It's a very you can do both situation. So working from home, travel is number three. And number four is I really wanted to build something from scratch. That's where I operate best. I love when there's no structure, there's no process, and I can come in and I can watch something from the start to the end. So that's my four. Back to the story. We're at this vision boarding night. She shares she's the CEO of Create and Cultivate. Create and Cultivate is a community, a hub for educational resources, and an events-based company for female entrepreneurs. So hello. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) literally me, (laughs) literally me. So she shares this and I've known this company forever. And oddly enough, when I was an intern at Vistaprint, one of my first ever influencer campaigns slash projects was working with this company that my friend and mentor is now the CEO of. Like if that's not the universe literally putting something for me in my lap, I don't know what is. That was just like a whoa. The night progresses. Everything's chill. She ends up dropping me off at home and I'm like, tell me more. And she's like, well, I'm rebuilding a team. I still don't, I don't know exactly what our first need is in building that team and the types of roles that they need support from. But she's like, are you interested in learning more? And immediately I said, sweetie, anything for you, literally anything for you. So she texts me that night, send me your resume, send me your strengths, what you want in a future role. And guess what? I already had that on paper because I did that exercise six to nine months prior. I sent it off to her. Next morning, she texts me and is like, I want to make a role for you. And I said, say what? (laughs) She says, well, actually, all of your strengths are exactly what we need at this point in time. And I'm shaking, sweating, throwing up. Oh, my God, what is happening in my life? Flash forward, I get an interview a few days later. I meet her partner in that interview Things go swimmingly. I end up getting sick with COVID the morning after. So thank God it happened when it did. Timing was really on my side this whole way. And then just a couple days later, I got a contract signed and I gave my two weeks at my company. And that was all within a literal five-day window. You know what was on my vision board for 2024? Abundance and transformation. Never in a million years did I think I was manifesting or going to get those things to the extent in which I did that fast in the year. This is, I think, the second week of January. So here I am. Oh, my God. 
this opportunity of a lifetime that fits all of my non-negotiables plops in my lap and I couldn't be happier. However, it's been a very emotional couple of weeks because I said goodbye to a chapter of mine and all of the amazing people and experiences that clung to that. But ladies and ladies, as I said at the beginning of this, boy, have you seen nothing yet. I am so excited. I guess I should share my role. I'm the senior partnerships manager. So with these community events, that is a huge pillar of our business. I'm going to be managing all of our partnerships, building activations and strategy behind these events that we host and traveling to them and working remotely and working closely with the CEO and empowering entrepreneurs. So quite literally my dream job that I didn't think was possible because I thought I already had my dream job. So I want to challenge you to ask yourself in every part of your life, are you comfortable? And it's okay to be comfortable, but are you comfortable at a point where you don't feel like you can grow much further or you can't become who you aspire to become because you're not in the right environment or you're not in with the right people because you can live a very comfortable life but if you have any desire to elevate you got to reflect you got to research and you got to take action and with that I love you I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars, send it to a friend that needs to be challenged. And I hope you have a beautiful day.